Oh, Ed Bond has been producing Illinois basketball on the radio for close to 50 years. The stories he has, you know what? The seats he has at every game. I have the best seat in the house. That's Ed Bond. He's going to tell us stories of the past, and he'll even tell you how he thinks this year's Illinois team will do. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, good Monday morning, everyone. Good cold Monday morning, about uh, 10 degrees here in Champaign-Urbana. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of the News Gazette. As I often tell Scott Ritchie, beat writer when Illinois was really good, back in Bill Self's Elite Eight era. Um, Scott Ritchie, our normal guest, is uh, not with us today. He has a funeral to attend. Thinking about him. Uh, Looking forward to him returning to the beat full-time on uh, Tuesday for the Nebraska game, but here's the good news. I'm going to grill Ed Bond today in the next <laughs> half hour. Ed's our producer of Inside Line of Basketball. Today he's the guest. Well, thanks, Jim. This will be fun. We'll see what happens. As guest, you get nothing, of course, <laughs> yeah, other than a half hour that you won't get back is what you'll get. But Ed has been uh, with Illinois basketball. Listen to this for forty plus years. I don't know if there's anybody really uh, I know uh, tied to the program. Yeah, it's getting closer to fifty than forty. Isn't that crazy? But <laughs> Ed really is, is. A, a behind the scenes guy. He's the one who makes that uh, wonderful radio broadcast of every uh, game go. And uh, here's something maybe our listeners don't know. Ed, you're our behind the scenes photographer, taking pictures of the tip off. Uh, at every game that runs uh, at AtlantaHQ.com. Well, that, yeah, that's been fun. And, you know, I'm sometimes I'm surprised by you when I get a picture of the paper. So that's <laughs> always, you know, get my name on the front page of the paper for good reasons, <laughs> for a change. Always good. All right, so Ed Bond has worked with every Illinois basketball coach since Lou Hansen. Is that right? Tell me about your first interaction with, uh, with Lou. Oh, boy, I, it was uh, at the old line I classic games mm-hmm. i guess uh or i you know started going to uh the press conferences just to to go to them and uh i was you know on campus when gene barto was here but really wasn't involved in the basketball quite as much at that point and then uh yeah coach henson and we became pretty good friends he and mary and i and jim and lauren and you know the whole gang uh, spent a lot of time together even went to uh, Russia with uh, with the coach. Uh, that was uh, an exciting trip. Now he uh, he may have uh, got bothered by Bob Knight, but uh, uh, not Russia. He liked not the Russia. trip. No, we just went through. <laughs> we went to Saint Petersburg, Russia, and uh, Vilnius, Lithuania, Riga, Latvia, and we just sort of passed through Estonia. Oh, but uh, it was an interesting trip. It really was. That's great uh, for those. 
Let's start with this, Ed, before I start uh, grilling you about uh, coaches and players and stadiums. Explain in the basic sense what your role is with uh, the broadcast. Uh, I guess I'm the producer, engineer, uh, you know, just make sure it works guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I set the equipment up and uh, make sure we run the commercials and get the uh, locker room uh, set up for the post-game interview uh, or the pre-game festivities at Grange Grove or, you know, we might have two or three locations feeding into the the press box uh, with the different things. So it's just my job to make sure all the equipment's in place at the right time and people get on the air at the right time and that, you know, we, we execute the schedule uh, appropriately. So give credit. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the broadcast is when you have that on court mic, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> is there some secret to that, Ed, as far as placement goes? Well, the on court mics in basketball, there's now a microphone on each basket at each end. And the other mic is on the floor on the opposite side from where the coaches are. Hmm. So it's on the opposite side, so we don't get uh, <laughs> you know as much of the uh, thing that maybe we wouldn't want on the air if they should happen to slip out. What coach is to blame for that, Ed? <laughs> what well, foul mouth uh, visitor? You know, there's it, it's not just our coaches; it's all the coaches. So I mean, the microphones are put away from the coaches that was done on purpose was there was there some language that was making the uh, well the every once in a while you know people would cringe and that maybe that got out but it, it never it doesn't get past us because the microphones are far enough away That's and great. uh yeah they're not they're not right under the bench anymore that's great. And well, haven't been for a long time. A smart move, no doubt. Ed travels with the team, uh, mostly. I know uh, this year was it the New York game. You flew separately, but for the most part, you're... Yeah, for the most part, we're with the team, and uh, it, that's a, a great privilege. And also, uh, you know, it really makes it possible to do what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if uh, Brian and I uh, had to get to all these places on our own, it would be uh, it'd be quite difficult to do. All right, what uh, I've been here since '93, Ed. So uh, that was also with Co- Coach Hanson. So I've I've had a uh, maybe interactions with most of the coaches. They all seem like they're not jerks. Can I say that? <laughs> right? Oh, they're all good guys. Yeah. That, you know, we've they're right? all a little bit different. Uh, they all have a little bit different ways of doing things, uh, but they're all good. And uh, you know, haven't had uh, you know. We've had good relations with all of them. It really is. Just, you know, you got to do what they want to do at the time they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Part of the uh, Ed's routine is, of course, lining up the post-game uh, interview, which uh, for the most part is is good, but there are some bad losses. Uh, the coach might not be in the greatest of moods. Any great uh, – what's your what's your toughest interview, Ed, that you can remember with an Illinois coach? Uh, well – it's just usually, you know, they're, they're not happy if it's a bad loss. And then you have the, uh, if you're on the road especially, you have everybody saying, well, hurry up, hurry up. We want to make this quick. We want to get out of here. And uh, so, you know, everybody understands that we have to do it. And, you know, they'll they'll come and do it. It's, But, you know, you want to make sure it's set up so that the coach doesn't have, you know, any problem with uh you know the you know the equipment or anything, and on the road, you know the the interviews are done off stage uh, for the most part. 
There's a couple places where that's not possible, but for the most part, the you know they're done off stage, and mm-hmm. so that that helps. Talking with Ed Bond uh, for 40 plus years, producer of Illinois basketball and football and many other sports, but. Uh, this is Inside Line in our basketball. I will not let you go all Scott Ritchie and start talking football, <laughs> Ed. Uh, tell me this. You started again with uh, with Lou Henson. What was it like then compared to now as far as the process, the attention, the technology? Well, you know, all those things. I mean, you know, we've come a long way. You know, now you can produce a, a ball game more or less on your iPhone, and in the past, you know, you had huge tape recorders and things like that that you were carrying around. And uh, travel was much different. Uh, this past weekend, we were fortunate to be on an A321. It's a, you know, great big airplane. that will seat between 180 and 220 people. And this was for the basketball team. You know, so you, if you want eight or ten seats, you could have them. <laughs> You know, it was really good. Uh, I remember one trip with Coach Henson out at uh, Willard. We got on those little red airplanes. We had about six of them and lined them up, and we flew to Ohio State, everybody in, you know, in different airplanes. And uh, so we got out there, and then coming back, it was snowing, and we, we got to the end of the runway or the end of the the uh, taxiway, and you looked out at the wings, and they were covered. And so the pilot got out with a rag and some liquid and wiped down the wings. And then we turned around and took off. And it was like, okay. <laughs> That's but awful. We had five or six little airplanes uh, going out there. <laughs> uh, uh, people like Richie and the other uh, beat writers who, who cover Illinois basketball are, are often jealous of you, Ed, because – yeah, uh, after the game, uh, two hours afterward, you'll be home. You'll be back in well, Champaign while Ricky is still yeah, filing yeah. stories uh, ahead of a uh, long drive from Wisconsin. Yeah, I understand that, and uh, <laughs> I don't take it for granted. It's it's very you know terrific that we're able to do that. It's just the nature of the the, the radio business. Uh, you know, there's only one radio, and so it's they take us along. Mm-hmm. So well, that. Uh, uh, also has changed. Uh, Lauren Tate, um, our uh, longtime columnist, often tells of the the time when he would travel with the team, and the, he wasn't alone. There were other beat writers and such, and that, of course, has changed over the the decades. Oh yeah, and you know when when I started, of course, there were multiple originations of Illinois football and basketball, and so uh, yeah, you'd you'd have you know several radio crews going all over the place. And, uh, you know, it finally got consolidated down to one, and uh, that's where we are today. And it's, it's uh, you know, I think it's a good deal. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, there's many people that don't do it anymore because it was, you know, consolidated down to one. All right, uh, we'll get into your favorite arenas in a bit, but uh, let's uh, kick it off with a, a story about each coach. Um, uh, start with Lou. He was uh, he was a longtime coach while you were uh, w- working the broadcast. What's your favorite story that you tell about him? Well, uh, favorite story I guess about Lou uh, is the uh, well. There's two of them. Uh, you know, one is if you're doing an interview with him, it doesn't no matter what the questions are. He already knows the answers. <laughs> so, and he'll tell you that, or he would tell you that. 
and the other one was uh, at Minneapolis uh, coming home after the um, the Sweet 16 and uh, we're out in the lobby of the Metro Dome there and and uh, you know it had been a long weekend with all the injuries and but the ball games that we won and uh, Lou was you know ready to go home and there were still reporters around him and he turns to Mary and he says Mary if we leave now we could get home for murder she wrote <laughs> and this was a Sunday you know afternoon or evening and now I don't know if Lou ever watched Murder She Wrote, but he knew th- that program was on Sunday oh, nights. So that's fantastic. We all went out and got on the airplane and came home. And that you know that was another big thing coming home that night. You could see for miles the cars lined up, you know, going into Willard Airport, hmm. uh, and that was uh, that was pretty cool to see all the people uh, come out to the you know out to the airport to to greet the team and. Uh, it was a lot of people. <laughs> uh, under Coach Self, I know Illinois had some uh, receptions at Willard as well, uh, where tons of people showed up to celebrate Big Ten championships at that. Oh yeah, that, you know they time. were out there on you know out there on the tarmac, mm-hmm. uh, and and the way that uh, that Flight Star and and the airport handled it, you know, changed over the years. Where you know then then they would let them out on the tarmac. You know they brought them out. So they were right there when the plane landed, oh, that's great. and uh, instead of out in the parking lot. So, it, you know, they've done a good job with, uh, you know, controlling the crowds or letting the crowds be where they, you know, need to be to have a little fun with it. Fast forward to 96, I do believe, and I can remember this Saturday uh, morning getting a call from Lauren saying, hey, uh, Lou is going to announce his retirement after the game, uh, which he did yep. and uh, the, toward the end of that, that season. Uh, we had to go over and, uh, you know, set up some special things so we could record it and and whatnot. And in the in those years, the coach would come up to the concourse between A and B, and we'd do the the interview right there. Um, and you would usually have people gathered around us uh, for it. And I don't think the word leaked until you know he was on the air with us. Right. And there was quite a big crowd. This was the the last game of the regular season, and uh, you know he did announce it right there on the radio that that was going to be it. And you know there were the reaction from the crowd was uh, appropriate. Nobody wanted to, to see that happen, but uh, that's where he did it. And and then they went off and uh, you know had another press conference mm-hmm. about it uh, a little bit later, but. It was, uh, yeah, we had to set up a few things extra to make sure we could get all that in. Lon Kruger replaced uh, uh, Lou Henson, and it was uh, for a short stay, a productive stay. Got a Big Ten a title out of a, a bunch that not many thought could win a Big Ten. What do you, do you, he was back in town for the Gordyville fundraiser in the, the spring. What, what memories of Coach Kruger do you have? Well, he's an excellent coach. I mean, just an excellent coach. Um, you know, he left here to go to the NBA and then ended up at several stops uh, after that back in college basketball. I believe he finished at Oklahoma was his final stop, but an excellent coach and, uh, you know, was really good to work with. Uh, that trip up to uh, Chicago when they went to the uh, Big Ten, the Big Ten tournament and played four games mm-hmm. in four nights, and 
several of the guys were were hurt, and Rod Cardinal was running around with um, you know ice packs and stuff again, and uh, or they were ill. I don't remember all the circumstances, but it was four games in four days, and the last one they just you know uh, ran out of gas with uh, with Michigan State. Kind of like Coach Henson, uh, uh, Lon Kruger was a gentleman. He was oh, he not, was. He was not going to cuss on the air. He was not going to badmouth anybody. He he played it close to the best. Yeah, he was excellent coach. He, you know, he never got out of. Uh, yeah, he w- he wasn't going to cuss or anything like that. You know, he just told you how it was going to go, and he he did a terrific job here, and he did a terrific job. You know, after he left here, and it was it was good to have him back in town this past summer. You know, we and we've run into him at a couple stops along the way. You know, either you know when we're at the same tournament game or something, not competing, but or uh, you know since he's been, I think we've run into him uh, a time or two. But he's he's uh, you know uh, excellent coach, so he's really good to work with. Did you think Bill Self was going to be as good as he turned out to be? Uh, I he turned out to be terrific as far as you know games on the uh, on the court. Uh, those some of those contests against Arizona were amazing, and uh, you know Coach Self knew what he wanted and he was going to get it done. And uh, he spent a you know a lot of time uh, recruiting those players, and you know of course he he had all the players recruited. That when Bruce Weber came in and when Coach Self got his chance to go to Kansas, which, you know, time has proven that's his dream job and that's what he wanted. And he got it. He's, he's you know, he's done a terrific job at Kansas. And Illinois and Kansas might play again here. You know, we saw it this last summer. That was the secret game that, because uh, Coach Self was back last summer for the uh, mm-hmm. Gordyville. So, they had the secret game, you know, this past uh, summer, and we might see that contest come up again, and uh, you know that would be just terrific for I think for both programs. All right, uh, Bill Self kind of ushered in a new era of Illinois coaches in that he was maybe a uh, looser with his lips. All right, yeah, he, he, he was. Might, he, uh, as you see now with Underwood and even with Weber, uh, they. Didn't hold back much sometimes. Is no, that Bruce Weber could get going. He, he uh, uh, I don't. He didn't use a lot of language. Coach Weber didn't, but uh, he was a little bit more animated than we were used to. That's for mm-hmm. sure, Coach you, Weber. Uh, real back, uh, back to self, real quick. When he did leave for Kansas, uh, the stories that were always out there was Ron Gunther was uh, taking an elevator down at Memorial Stadium and. And said, "No, I'm not gonna. You know, if he doesn't want to be here, I don't want to chase him." I don't know, you know, about any of those conversations. Or I was sorry to see him go. I mean, mm-hmm. we were we were rolling along, but you know, if that's the job he wanted, well, then he go take the job. All right the uh, uh, the magical season of two thousand four oh five. Describe the Rosemont game, uh, the final one against Arizona, uh, from a broadcasting standpoint. Oh well, that was we were at the uh, at the place out in the suburbs in Rosemont there, and it's you know not a very good facility. And we were all the way at the baseline, all the way at one end of the court. I mean, almost behind the basket, and it was Steve Bardo and Lauren Tate 
uh, Brian Barnhart and myself on the the broadcast crew, and you know, it was uh, like if you listen to the tapes, you know, Brian he did a terrific job, but it's you know it's just unreal how it unfolded. I mean, we were so far down, and it was 15 or 16 points with two or three minutes to go, and uh, Darren Williams and uh, D Brown and uh, some of the guys, Augustine, you know, the balls just started falling in, and it, it was. Uh, and, but the the big thing I remember about that game was Arizona had a couple of shots to win it at the end of the game and at the end of the first overtime, and uh, they missed. And you know, so Illinois was just able to get going and you know will it in, and that whole season. You know, people, I think, forget that that's just a couple weeks before that was the Big Ten tournament, and Coach Weber's mother dies during the tournament. And uh, she was at the games and whatnot. And he came back and coached that team and, uh, you know, won uh, all those games, you know, uh, to, to go into the you know the game at at, at the at the Rosemont, which now, was amazing. Now Brad Underwood has resuscitated the program to where it's a very popular, uh, almost a national brand. Having won the Big Ten uh, in a, ver- a variety of ways, hasn't done the tournament run yet. That '05 team, Ed, tell me some stories about that rock star treatment they got on the road. Well, the one place I remember especially was, you know, because it's close by, is when we went to play Northwestern. And where we stay is at the Double Tree Hotel there in Skokie, across from Old Orchard Shopping Center. And uh, you know there are fans all over. I mean, they knew that that was the hotel. And so the first time we went into the hotel, we went in like through the back door and up like freight elevator to get to the or service elevator to get to the rooms. And then the team came down the elevators into the lobby and and did greet the team and uh you know there are people all over wanting autographs and you know and they they took care of all those people and you know accommodated them and the team you know was always willing to do it but there were some times where yeah we went in the back door and so that was interesting but you know it's also great to see you know fans there to greet them because you know a lot of these road trips you don't see anybody you know you're you know you're in and out, and you know they don't know you're there especially, and uh, so you know it was great fun to to go in in and out. Uh, you mostly uh, go with the team when they have a shoot around the day of the game on these road games, right? Uh, yes, okay. most of the time. All right. Those are fun, informal, business like. Uh, well, they're business like, and I don't pay much attention. Okay. <laughs> uh, what I'm doing on my time there is uh, setting up for the broadcast. And uh, then if I get everything set up, uh, I'll usually leave the arena and go on the concourse and just make sure that, uh, you know, I walk the concourse or look around or just make sure I don't miss the bus uh, to get out of there. Right. So, what you know, per- and when they're on the, um, when they're there for shoot arounds or things like that, you know, I keep the cameras away no pictures, no conversation. Right. Uh, that's that's their private time right. uh, to what uh, you know what they do. Bruce Weber back at State Farm Center this season is with the BTN. Did you 
I did get Talk to say up. hello to him. Yeah, okay. He looked good, and I think he was having a fun time. I, I only saw him once this season. I think he's done several mm-hmm. other games and whatnot. Okay. All right. But uh, he's having fun doing that. John Gross uh, doing all right in his uh, second life uh, uh, after getting out of Illinois. His stay here, though, was not too uh, memorable. No, it, you know, that was uh, one of the rougher periods, I guess, for mm-hmm. Illinois basketball recently. But, uh, you know, he was a, again, he was a, a good guy. It, you know, things just didn't click along. Um, like we're fortunate they're clicking along right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, Ed Bond uh, is our guest on the inside of Line Basketball. You like working with Brad Underwood. Oh, I do. And, you know, working with Brad Underwood, uh, going back a couple years ago when we had the COVID season, and it was so difficult on everybody, I mean, fans and broadcasters and and all that. And they, they finally let us loose to do a game on the road during the Big Ten tournament. And that, of course, was at Lucas Oil Stadium. And you were still miles away from the team. You couldn't get close to them. And... Uh, but that was so fun to be back in there and have the fans around yelling and screaming and, you know, uh, jumping up and down. And they, they had the fans spread out in that mammoth stadium. But, you know, just to have people there, it was, it was so difficult to do the games with no people. And, and the, uh, the, the canned crowd noise and all that stuff, I, I don't know if I agree with all that or not, but that's the way it was. But... It was good, you know, at the end there when, uh, you know, uh, Illinois basketball, they won that tournament. And we were the only radio station that was there. I mean, of the, the, the tournament, they didn't, no other school sent radio there. So we were there doing our game. We were the only radio. Crazy. It was. It was Favorite Brad Underwood stories so far yeah, on his uh, time here at Illinois? Well, I don't think anything sticks out. Uh, he he's a very good coach. Uh, everything works, uh, you know, on a, a schedule. Uh, his wife hasn't been with him this year because she's got some uh, foot problems or whatever she's working on. But we'd be looking forward to getting her back on the you know on the road with with us. And uh, so I think she's doing well. But it's. Uh, you know, Coach Underwood does a great job, and uh, his staff, uh, Joey Biggs, who, you know, runs the show over there as far as the travel, uh, you know, they're great to work with, and I just try and stay out of their way as much as, as possible, and, you know, don't be late. Be on time and, <laughs> and get there. Ed's got to lug all the radio equipment out of the team plane. Is there ever a time where they're like, hey, Bond, pick up the pace. We're trying to get out of town. Well, we've had a couple games, one just the other night up at uh, Michigan State or up at uh, Madison where we didn't go in the normal way. Usually we go right in the tunnel and they park the bus inside the building and that's great. Well, it's under construction up there. We went to a dock outside and it was two flights of stairs down and up. And I looked at him, I said, we, I... I asked for some of the managers, hey, would you please help me? I'm not, this isn't going to work. So th- they came and very nicely picked up my stuff and, and took it down. Uh, you know, the managers 
are a lot bigger and stronger than I am at this point, and so they they took it down the stairs for me. Thank so you, it was Illinois. Very nice of them to get that done. Managers, we owe, owe you a, a big one. All right, so Scott Ritchie, every week he gives us his power poll, his uh, three uh, MVPs on the Illini. Here's your your power poll this week, Ed. Give me your three favorite Big Ten arenas to visit. And they can be closed arenas even that are no longer with us. Well, that's good. All right, number one is uh, Williams Arena at Minneapolis, Minnesota. All right. And it's just because it's so unique. You're sitting up there high. The place is uh, old and been renovated a couple times. The sound in the place uh, is, is really cool. And I, it was better a couple of years ago when we were right on the ledge of the balcony. Now we're back up in the corner uh, in the balcony, but it's still a great place. And uh, one of my favorite things to do there is to go and get uh, a great big bowl of ice cream. Mm. And uh, they, they sell ice cream at that arena. And so, you know, it's, it's the oldest arena in the Big Ten, and it's the least changed in in all the years, it's coming up on a hundred-year anniversary for that that building. You know, real quick. Was there a time, Ed, when you guys were on the floor or below the floor, floor if you will? Uh, not for me okay. with radio. No, I've never. Huh. We've always been up, okay. and we. It's usually until the past two or three years, it was at center court and up uh, there uh, at at that place. Now, uh, other you know experiences with with older buildings. Uh, Jenison Fieldhouse at Michigan State. Now, that was a cool place. So this is a big, old-fashioned fieldhouse, and the building is much longer than, you know, say, the basketball court. Well, the way you got to the press facility was you went in the corner and went up the stairs, and then there was this long catwalk that went along the side of the building, and then another one that went out towards the center, and there, on each side, there was a, a little building that was hanging down from the ceiling, and that was the press box. So you'd go down this ramp, and you'd get into the press box, so you're above the court looking down. And um, the way that they, there were no computers in this time. There were you know, barely Xerox machines, uh, but the way they did the, on the other side was the print media, and on our side was the broadcast media. So they'd make the stats every time out. They'd run the stats off, and then they'd put them in this basket that was on a bicycle trolley car that went across the court to the other side, and you'd pull the stats out, and you could read, you know, how many shots were this and that. But it was quite a unique view of the ball game, and the trolley car going back and forth constantly over the court, so it was, it was quite the place. Well, that's two of them, Ed. We'll uh, we'll let you go one more uh, arena. All right, let's go to uh, the Wisconsin Fieldhouse. Okay, right next to Camp Randall yeah. Stadium. So it still stands. Excuse me. It still stands. Oh, it still stands yeah. and still used for some competition. Mm-hmm. Basketball has moved on to the Kohl Center. Kohl Center, I can't believe, is celebrating twenty five yeah. years this year. Yeah, that's where we just came from the other day up there. But uh, the Wisconsin Fieldhouse, back to the 89 season, we had beat Michigan State here quite handily and were way up there in the polls in 89, of course. And we went up to uh, Camp Randall for 
uh, a ball game. It's a Saturday afternoon, early afternoon game. Um, Illinois is, you know, number two or three in the country, whatever it was. And it was open seating for the students. And the seating opened, you know, like an hour and a half before tip-off. Well, we are up there in the balcony. We're all set and ready to go. They opened the doors. And about 30 seconds later, the whole section was filled. The band was up and running on Wisconsin. And the cheerleaders are going nuts. And this went on for over an hour until the game started. And when the game started, it was over in two minutes. And all I walked out of there, you know, we lost by 18 or 20. It was, they had no chance. Uh, Ed Bond has a, a long, uh, I wonder how many coaches, rival coaches you've covered over the years. Why don't you dig that number up? But anyway, of the of the rival coaches, give me a couple of the ones that you uh, enjoyed uh, and maybe the other side of that, somebody you didn't enjoy. Well, um I guess the one that I, there's two that I saw quite a bit, and you know, one is still coaching. Uh, Coach Izzo is a great guy. When Lauren was um, traveling with us and he'd do the pregame interview with the, the coach, I'd always ask to go up to the office with him, you know, and I'd run the tape recorder or something, but just to be able to sit there and, and hear Coach Izzo talk. And you know, then when the microphones went off, he was a, a good talker, uh, know about anything else and he was always interested in you and what was going on and he uh you know he's a really good guy but he's one man that I always wanted to go to the office and, and hear that interview sort of in private away from you know the rest of the people Coach Izzo of course is still doing a great job at uh, Michigan State and hopefully you know we beat him this year and uh, we don't have to go back to Michigan State this year. And Michigan State, I know they've changed our seating up there, but we won't get to experience it this year. The other guy that maybe I you know, did the same thing with was uh, Dr. Tom Davis out at Cairo Hawkeye Arena. And uh, Lauren would go up, and I'd you know, make sure I got to go up with him to, to hear uh, Tom uh, up there. And he was... Uh, he was, uh, you know, an interesting guy. And so they were good coaches. I did get the chance to interview myself one-on-one, uh, -on -one, Coach Knight. And he, uh, you know, he treated me fine. He answered my questions. And we had set it up beforehand. I was going to come and ask a couple questions. And, you know, so I got to interview him over at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. And, you know, the... Uh, the Knight uh, Henson experience, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's you know it's still legendary till this day. You know, so it was it was kind of cool. Ed, I think we're on to something. Uh, might need you back for another episode of Inside the Line on Basketball because we could go on forever and ever and ever with these stories. <laughs> Love them. Brought back. Well, the... thank you. I you know I've had a great time with it, and like I say, I'm very fortunate to to do what I do and. Uh, there, you know, there aren't very many people in the country that do what I do. Now, the one thing, you know, and, and the different radio stations uh, for the Big Ten schools, I mean, you know, you've got a group, they've been there forever, you know, at all these schools. Uh, you know, Brian has been the voice now for over 20 years, and it's the same, you know, at, at the other schools. Mm -hmm. So it's a very unique group 
uh, people that get to do what we get to do. All right. If you're at State Farm Center or if you follow Illinois on the road, go say hi to Ed before the game. He's uh, No, I'd love to talk to you anytime. Yeah, you, know, you, uh, you know where to find me. So a good picture I have the best seat in the house. You do have the mostly. <laughs> mostly. Most of the time <laughs> I have the best seat in the house. All right, Ed. Hey, before I let you go, uh, thoughts on this year's team, how far they can go. Oh, I think we can we can go quite a far away. I, I really do. We we've had, you know, five or six games here that we played really well and we got a couple more coming up that I think we can win and then, you know, get into the tournament and see what happens. But I you know, I think that the team is uh, coming together, and we're, we've had some, you know, good games here, and you know they'll, they'll be they'll be good. All right, Ed, love going memory lane with you. Well, thank a, you for having a, me today. That was a fun time. We'll uh, we'll get Richie back next week, hopefully. Uh, if not, stay loose, Ed. All right, get some okay. more stories going. We'll uh, we'll talk to everybody next Monday. Wow.